0: Welcome to the latest episode of Schnepps Connects. I'm your host, Josh Schnepps. Today's guest is Jessica Atney mahar who has over two decades of environmental policy experience in New York. She is the Nature Conservancy's New York policy and Tr- strategy director. She leads the Conservancy's policy team in New York and co-leads the organization's conservation programs across the state. Since joining the Conservancy in 2007, Jessica and her team have successfully advocated for the enactment of dozens of laws and regulations, including the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, and helped secure billions in funding to protect and restore New York's natural resources and address global warming. Jessica also leads statewide environmental coalitions with partners from labor, business, health, environmental justice, and conservation groups. Jess, thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me, it's exciting to be here.
0: It's our pleasure. So share a little bit about yourself. I'd love to hear about you and how you got started and interested in environmental policy and and really your role and the overall role of uh, the Nature Conservancy.
1: Sure. Well, I'm an upstate New York girl and uh, growing up was... Um, surrounded by really amazing forests and farms, and also starting to notice that they were dwindling. Um, so as I grew up, I really started to care a lot about conservation and making sure that our communities had nature um, left in them for the future. Um, so I was lucky enough um, after after college to take on a role with a grassroots environmental organization called Citizens Campaign for the Environment um, based on Long Island. Um, I started with them in Buffalo and moved around the state. They work on um, campaigns um, using grassroots tactics to make environmental um, laws and regulations pass. And I really learned a lot about advocacy in that role Um, And over the years worked for a number of different environmental organizations made my way to Albany, um, and I then landed at the nature conservancy 14 years ago and it's been just an incredible place to work. You know we're led by really smart people, including all of the scientists who do the work that um, you know our entire mission is advanced by and grounded in. Um, And so now I'm lucky enough to advocate for the nature conservancy working on issues related to climate change, clean water, and conservation in communities across New York State.
0: So, you know, global warming obviously has been in the news a lot, and I think, you know, certainly trying to build awareness. Nothing builds more awareness than when it hits home, like literally. And certainly New Yorkers have felt it uh, recently with with two major hurricanes. Um, So what, what does New York really need to do? I mean, that's a big question, but you know, what can we do given where we are?
1: Yeah, it's been a kind of a shocking summer and fall season already, um, this hurricane season, and really tragic for New Yorkers um, and really thinking a lot about the people who lost their lives, um, their family members and their property during those storms. And what these storms are showing us is that climate change is here. It's not a tomorrow problem and we need to take action immediately. So the first thing we need to do um, is really make sure that we're stopping the pollution that's causing climate change. So, you know, New York City and New York State have been leaders in adopting laws that will require the development of renewable energy, increase energy efficiency in our buildings, electrify our transportation, and manage um, manage you know how we move forward and build a sustainable future that stops that pollution. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we need to be doing in addition to that, which (laughs) that's a lot of work as it is, is thinking about how our communities can survive in the face of more extreme weather, which is already here and here to stay. Um, And so there's a lot of work going on in that regard, Um, how we can um, reduce flooding in communities by improving infrastructure as well as restoring nature and those natural areas that hold floodwaters, for example. How we can use our urban forest and our street trees to shade us from deadly heat and provide more cooling to um, buildings and to communities that are experiencing a lot more heat now. Um, So there's a lot of work that's going into making sure that we attack this problem twofold, um, both thinking about what we need to do to generate the power we need and transport our goods and services and people in a way that's sustainable and does not pollute, and also how we can make sure that we're developing and redeveloping our neighborhoods and our communities in a way that can be sustained going forward.
0: So New York is a huge state, obviously. What about the five boroughs uh, of New York City? What kind of work are you advancing here and what are the priorities for, for the city of New York?
1: We have a couple of big ones, and I think it's an exciting time um, in the five boroughs with, you know, the change in administration that always brings new opportunity there are a lot of city council races where there will be change coming and so this is an exciting time to be thinking about policy work in New York City and environmental conservation. Um, And we're really excited that people who are running for office in New York City are really prioritizing acting on climate and tackling these big issues. Um, The two issues that are really rising to the top um, for the nature conservancy as we think about what work is most important to protecting New Yorkers from climate change. um, The first one is our urban forest and we've um, started a large coalition initiative with a number of partners, you can check it all at all out at forestforall.nyc. But the idea is um, increasing the amount of forest in New York City. And in particular, we've taken a look at where the current forest exists in New York City and where people are experiencing um, heat, you know, increasing heat during climate change, um, as well as where there's a lack of access to forest. and you know, it's really not just about a nature issue, it's an equity issue and making sure that all New Yorkers have the ability to not only access nature, but benefit from nature and make sure that that's available to everyone. So that's a major uh, piece of our work right now, as well as green roofs, which goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. in this. So a green roof is a roof that's covered by plants, Um, or flowers. Um, There's even farms on some roofs. And so thinking about how we can use all of that built space in our city um, to provide habitat for wildlife and pollinators like bees, to provide space for people to be in nature, to cool those buildings and those neighborhoods. Um, It's a lot of really exciting opportunity if we just look up.
0: And I believe the Jacob Javits Center recently uh, did a a massive green roof, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, yes, that is a really big and exciting one. And so now it's how do we take that example and the other examples that exist around New York City and think about where maybe there are big opportunities, but there hasn't been yet a lot of investment in those green roofs. And how can we make sure that things like the green roof tax credit for New York City is incentivizing the construction of green roofs across the city, uh, so that more neighborhoods have access to the benefits of that. It's also good for stormwater when it rains; those green roofs can capture some of that stormwater. So there are so many benefits to that kind of thing.
0: You know, a lot of these are big strategic, you know, uh, strategies that that might take some time. Well, what do you say to like the average New Yorker? I mean, what should people? you know, really take into consideration, like I'm always a very big advocate, like you have to recycle, like never throw that plastic in the garbage, always make sure to recycle. But what would you say to the average New Yorker that they should be thinking about or how they can contribute positively?
1: You know, I think that average New Yorkers do a lot already more than more than most folks there's the subway um, and the way people commute to work, which is different, you know I don't have that option where I live in upstate New York so getting out of the car and taking mass transit is a really big one that can have important benefits. Um, there's also a lot of organizations that are working right in neighborhoods to make sure that they're caring for things like their street trees and they're, um, you know, they're doing plantings and there's lots of opportunities to get involved. Um, and then certainly thinking about how you use power in your own home, um, you know, turning things off when you're not using them, turning the water off. It's, it's really back to the basics, right? We all learn these things in grade school, but it still yeah. makes a huge difference.
0: Well, that's good to hear. I know that, you know, a big part of it is building coalitions. And you build coalitions that include labor, business, health, environmental justice, and conservation groups. Some of those environmental or conservation groups are obviously no-brainers. But when it comes to labor or business, those interests might not always align. So talk a little bit about how these groups are working together, how you're getting them to work together to the to the shared cause.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that there's kind of an old assumption that business and the environment are at odds. And what we've learned over the last few decades, and in particular as we look at issues like climate change, is that if we don't have a healthy environment and we don't develop our economy in a sustainable way, um, nothing's gonna last, right? And there won't be a quality of life um, that workers will want and that will seek out um, in, the, in the place they want to live and work. And so we've had organizations that represent businesses um, join coalitions that support things like the Environmental Bond Act, um, mm-hmm. state environmental funding, because you know not only is it good for business to get funding for themselves to help reduce their pollution, for example, or you know, to help them develop uh, something sustainably, but actually their workforce wants to live in communities with parks. They want to live in communities that have nature. And so, you know, some business leaders have actually come into our coalitions, not just with an interest of getting, you know, work that their company does funded by environmental conservation programs, but also because they understand that a healthy workforce and a workforce that has access to parks and nature in their community, those are people that are going to retain. And so New York state really needs these things, you know, to ensure that there's a quality of life here um, that attracts and retains workers for our businesses in New York state.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate, listen, there's, there's gotta be tremendous opportunity in green energy and, and many other things from a business standpoint. Um, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. In manufacturing, um, you know, there's there's a whole clean energy economy that the state is in the process of building right now. And there's also a huge economy in outdoor recreation, conservation and restoration. And so, for example, you know, we have this bond act. It was proposed to be three billion dollars. The governor is now proposing to make it four billion dollars. Um, we've you know, there's been studies done. AECOM did a study showing that, that that investment will create 57,000 jobs in New York state. So you know, these issues are not just, um, just about the environment, they're also good business and good for the economy.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the pandemic, right? Cause I feel like it had so much impact on everyone's lives and I'd love to hear what it's affected in terms of the environmental conservation sphere. And what have those changes meant for the nature of conservancy?
1: This, yeah, this was a really interesting and scary time for everyone and also a time to learn. Um, And I think we learned a lot about what we can be doing differently and how we can be thinking about, you know, the role of our work as well as our preserves across New York State. So the Nature Conservancy started out as a land conservation organization um, and we've, you know, grown to more of a full-fledged um, environmental and conservation organizations since our founding. Um, but globally, our beginning was actually here in New York and it was conserving land. And so we have over 100 preserves in New York State. And during the pandemic, we really saw how reliant on the natural world New Yorkers are. You know, they came out to our preserves, they came to city parks, they came to state parks for a safe space for recreation, right? It's outdoors, um, you don't have to wear your mask as much or you're a little bit safer from uh, COVID, but also just to get out of um, the hubbub and also just stop thinking about what was going on in the world, a place for people to restore and get some reprieve from all of that. We saw a 300% increase in people visiting our preserves and we know that there was, yeah, it was, it was tremendous. And we we know that there was a similar increase in visitation at city parks and at state parks. And so really, mm-hmm. as we kind of, quote unquote, get back to normal and think about, um, you know, how we want to go back to the way things were. I think a lot of people are saying, hey, wait a minute, let's keep doing some of these things that worked for all of us. Let's it's just like building back better. Right. So um, people are now still out and about in our preserves more than they were before. And they're realizing the benefits of nature remain um, as we still you know, come back inside to our offices and to schools and to all the other things that we couldn't do for some time. Um, so we wanna really work to make sure that there's more access to nature and communities throughout New York State and in New York City um, so that people can continue to reap those benefits that they learned about during the pandemic.
0: Well, listen, you know, it's interesting to think through that the pandemic has certainly, you know, given people a greater appreciation of their local parks or even having outdoor space in their own backyard. Yeah, yeah, you know,
1: I don't don't like to talk about silver linings to a tragic event like this because this was absolutely awful and it's still ongoing. Um, But I think that what we've learned from it is that we can, you know, come back from this in a way that makes our communities even stronger perhaps, than they were before, and that's, I think, really everyone's goal, and so, you know, I think that we're, we're really thankful to our team that was able to make sure people could get out into those spaces safely and maintain them safely throughout the pandemic, and now we're really interested in making sure that everyone has access to the benefits of outdoor space in the future.
0: Totally. Let's talk a little bit about politics, because I'm sure, you know, communicating with politicians and, and working with them is critical to, to achieve some of these big goals that are so critical. So obviously, we have a new governor that just uh, took office. But what are you hoping for in terms of the new administration? Or what are some of the goals that, you know, you really have across the political spectrum?
1: Yeah, so certainly with Governor Hochul, we have seen her come right into office and have to deal with, as you noted earlier, a climate crisis and particularly as Ida hit New York. Um, and we've really seen her seize um, you know, that moment to focus on New York as a climate leader. And we're we're excited about that. We're encouraged that she made some tremendous announcements during Climate Week. Emphasizing, you know, moving money out the door to communities. We have this huge multi billion fund for clean water that helps communities upgrade their water infrastructure so that the water we're delivering to people's homes is clean and healthy, and the wastewater we're removing gets to the treatment plant um, and hopefully not to our local waterways. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she announced $600 million of funding that will go out the door to communities um, through grants, which is exciting. I think as a local government leader herself in the past and a member of Congress in the past, and you know, someone who's been focusing with the state's regional economic development councils, she really has a clear understanding of how important government funding is to moving communities forward and to making sure that they are able to deliver the services people depend on. Um, and she is just doing great work to begin getting that money out the door. I think she really has a pride in government that's exciting. Um, and so with these you know, clear values that she's staking out, um, particularly around the environment and climate and her passion for the environment, as well as her understanding of how beneficial, efficient government and providing services in communities is, I think the coupling of those two things are very exciting. Um, and we saw some really exciting big announcements from her too, like put, you know, making the bond act a billion dollars bigger. That's a great proposal. We're gonna be looking um, to support that with the legislature as they contemplate it during the state budget process. And we're really looking forward to seeing more from her, seeing what else she has in store um, and working with her to make sure that you know, these, these dollars are all moving out into communities across the state.
0: Well, that's great to hear for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's an exciting time. Obviously, it was a strange change and it was something that was not something people would have expected a year ago. Um, But boy, has there been some exciting progress made just in her first few months. And we're looking forward to seeing what she does going forward and working with the legislature to advance a lot of shared goals.
0: Well, Jessica, it's been great talking with you and, and really thank you for what you and the Nature Conservancy does. And, and for being with us to, to explain more of it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure.
0: Likewise. This is the Schnepps Connects podcast. To listen to our podcast, visit podcast.schnepsmedia.com or stream us online through all major podcast networks.